The book of John, chapter number 11, is where we're going to begin reading today. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for the spirit. Lord, this is your church. We are your people. These are your sheep. I am your vessel. Help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended. I pray that my flesh will not get in the way, Lord. Help us, God, and we will leave here better, stronger, wiser than what we walked in here. God, I love you, and I thank you, Lord, for what we feel right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. amen. Have your Bibles open to John chapter number 11. I would like for you to be seated in Jesus' name. I want to preach today for a few moments, and the Lord just dealt with me just a little bit ago. I would like for us to read this together as we walk through this journey of this story. It has always been very um, interesting, uh, the delay of Jesus Christ when concerning his friend Lazarus. It has always intrigued me uh, how and why he delayed to come help his friend. So I want to talk to you today on this subject, and that is resurrect the testimony. Resurrect the testimony. The Bible says here in John 11, if you have your Bibles, just follow along with me. It's going to be up on the screen. I want to start at verse number one in John 11, verse number one. It says, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus. Of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, Jesus loved Martha, he loved her sister, and he loved Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, the one who he loved, he stayed right where he was for two whole days. But he loved him, but he stayed. He loved him, but he didn't move. He loved him, but it seems like he wasn't doing anything. He loved him, but it appeared as if he didn't care. He loves us, but there can be an appearance of unconcern. He loves us, but why is this happening to me? He loves us, but help me understand why I have to go through this. He loves us, but why do my family and my loved ones have to deal with this, not just once, but over and over again he loves us but why is it it seems like people that don't love you are more blessed than I that love you he loves us but why is it that it seems that when I try to do good 
evil is ever present around me. His family was in this situation. The people were in that situation because it explains that he loved this family, but he did not move. The scripture says, dropping down to verse number 11, it says, these things said he, and after that he saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. He's just fine. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. Wait, he loves them, but now he's happy. The situation is getting worse. I'm going to preach this thing tonight. He loves them, but he's excited that it's a worse situation than what they first came to him. He loves you, but now he told you it's going to be okay, but yet you find yourself worse off than when you first came to, oh, I wish I can talk to y'all in here, but he loves you. But now the situation that was once sick, I could have gave him some medicine to get better. Now he's dead and I'm planning a funeral service, but he loves you. right now Jesus I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe because the Lord always has something going on even when you don't see what is going on even when you don't understand the circumstance and it's worse off now than it was before but he says there's an intent there is an expected end that I'm going to bring your family to I said there's an expected end that I'm going to bring your family to they don't have the revelation that they have of me right now I've got to let some things die in order for your family to have the revelation that they need to have but I'm telling you God has a thought of peace not of evil to bring you to an expected end and then there's always one that you just don't want to bring to funerals Or if they come, you are praying, please keep your mouth shut. Because what you're going to say and what you're thinking is not helping. You think you're saying something that is appropriate, but it's the worst thing that you can say right now. Thomas was that person. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas, I, I, I know you're hurt, and, 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 and I know you're trying to say something to console everybody, but just, 
I want to say shut up so bad, but I can't. I can't. Be quiet. Be quiet. Just, just when we get there, Thomas, just be quiet. We understand the story. Jesus shows up. His disciples show up. There were more than his disciples there, my friend. <laughs> Many people were around. Because at this point, when you hear the word disciples, you're talking beyond the apostles. <clears throat> hmm. Verse number 37, stay with me in the same book, same book. Verse number 37. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus was upset now. Hmm. Mm -mm -mm. Don't ever look at your situation and start accusing him for not doing something for you that he's done for others. Don't you look across that aisle and say, well, you did it for them, Lord. Why did you not do it for me? That's why I'm trying to teach this church. You better rejoice when others rejoice. You better learn how to get excited for somebody else. If you don't have that in your spirit, you better pray. Ask the Lord to help you. Because I'm telling you, you will live a frustrated life if you get mad every time somebody else is delivered and you still stuck in bondage. Somebody else being set free, but you still stuck in your mess. Somebody else is being pulled out, but yet you see your family still stuck in the same rut. You better learn how to praise him even when somebody else is receiving their blessing and you're still waiting on your blessing. I don't want to groan the spirit of God because I'm mad at him for blessing somebody else. Mm. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning, again, groaning, again. Do you see that? Again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. We know the story without reading everything. Jesus told him to roll away the stone. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Roll away the stone. Lazarus, come forth. Roll away the stone. Lazarus, come forth. As we continue on and understand now, Lazarus is now resurrected. Now we have a resurrected testimony. We have witnesses that have visually seen, felt, hugged, cried, rejoiced with one that was dead. I'm thankful to the Lord for the testimony that Brother Gary Thomas 
testified of. And I'm thankful to the Lord for the words that our dear sister Donna Holmes proclaimed in this church. Because when the one, when the stone is rolled away and the scales of their eyes begin to fall and that backslider who was once dead comes back to the Lord, I'm telling you there's going to be people that are ready to rejoice when God says, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. It may be your child. It may be your loved one. But whoever it is, when they come forth, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to dance because we got a resurrected testimony. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. the world can leave you for dead. Some of your family members, I don't care what mess they're in. Don't mess with him now, Jesus. By now, he stinks. Some of your children and grandchildren are stinking. Some of your loved ones are stinking. Some of them even right now, no matter where they are, they are stinking in a pit of hell. But God's ear is not too heavy. Neither is arm too short. I'm telling you, God can pull them up from the depths of hell. Lazarus, come forth. But I wonder, do I have a few people in here that's ready to remove the napkin off his face? God said, now you go remove the grave clothes. Get the grave clothes off of him so we can dance together. Get the grave clothes off of him so we can rejoice together. So now we have a testimony. Mm-hmm. We got a testimony here. Thank you, Jesus. So now that the testimony is alive, the testimony is alive and well. He's living again. He's sitting at the dinner table again. He's waking up saying, I'm hungry again. You hear the shower running again. You hear his voice. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to encourage somebody. You hear his voice again. You wake up. Is that really you again? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to chapter number 12. Can I teach and preach at the same time, y'all? Chapter number 12. Verse number one. It says, then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany. Some time has passed, and Lazarus is still alive. Time has passed, and Lazarus is still alive. He came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead. Whom he raised from the dead, there may There they made him a supper and Martha served because you don't mind serving the people that come back from the dead. Uh, You go ahead and have a seat. Let me serve. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and 
and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, because there's always somebody around that's just going to be a hater. Because they've lost their focus on the testimony. Man, I'm going to talk to y'all tonight, boy. See, when you lose focus on the testimony about what God is doing, you start paying attention to other things that you shouldn't even be paying attention to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Said, hey, hey, you know, uh, uh, then said one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, by the way. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence given to the poor? But I love what John says. He explains and calls out Judas very good. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, he didn't care, but because he was a thief and he had the bag, he had the money and bear what was put therein. Then said Jesus, leave her alone because the day of my bearing hath she kept this for the poor always you have with you, but me, you're not going to always have with you. Verse number nine, much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see the testimony. That they might see Lazarus also, whom he raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might put the testimony to death. Are you still with me, church? They wanted to kill the testimony. Why? Because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. So they're not just trying to take out Jesus because he's about to die too. They not only want to take out the resurrector, but they want to take out the resurrected. We want to kill you, Jesus, and we want to kill the testimony. Because now your resurrected testimony is causing everybody else to believe. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. It's causing other people to believe. The Apostle Paul was preaching in Antioch and Iconium. I'm going to get away from my notes just for a moment. Just inspiration of the Spirit. He was preaching in Antioch and Iconium. And the Bible says that they drove him out of there because they were trying to kill Paul. So Paul left Antioch and Iconium and went over to Lystra. And he didn't stop preaching. He kept preaching the word of God uh, and many people many were coming to him uh, excuse me coming to him and as he was pointing people to Jesus many were being discipled by Paul but the people from Antioch and Iconium heard about what he was doing in Lystra so they came all the way to Lystra they traveled for miles just to come to another city and they wanted to take Paul out. The Bible says they drug him out the city and left him for dead. Why? Because they wanted to kill the testimony. But the Bible says that some disciples, some believers, I'm not talking about the apostles. I'm talking about people like you and I. The Bible says some disciples gathered around Paul. And I know they just begin to pray and praise the name of the Lord. Because the Bible says that Paul got right back up. 
and the resurrected testimony he didn't run he didn't leave he went right back into the city and began to preach Jesus Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to verse number 17. Chapter number 12 still. Verse number 17. Look what it says. The people, therefore, that was with him when he called Lazarus out of his grave. Do you see this? The people that were there when he said, roll away the stone. Those people that were there when he called Lazarus out the grave and raised him from the dead, look, they bear record. They witnessed it. For this cause, oh my Lord, y'all missing it. This is why Jesus lingered. This is why he stayed where he was for two days. This is why he didn't move. See, you don't know the end of the story because you're still stuck in the middle of your story. You got to stop complaining because you're stuck in the middle of your story and know that God has a purpose and an intent at the end of your story. Has anybody God brought through a story and you didn't realize what it was all going to be until you got through your story? that's why I'm telling you you don't have a praise and a testimony until you go through a test but when you come out the other side of your test you got a reason to lift your hand you got a reason to magnify the Lord you got a reason to clap your hands because you can look at your neighbor and say you don't know what the Lord has brought me through you don't know what the Lord has taken me to but if you can't tell it let me tell it what the Lord has done for me for this cause I love reading the Bible he says for this cause the people also met him for they for that they heard that he had done this miracle Mm, 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 mm. miracles are still possible. Can you put your Bibles to the side and preach with me right here for about 10 minutes? Miracles are still possible. Now, let me speak to the spirit of this world. Miracles are still possible. I said devil miracles are still possible devil principality of this region you had no authority here we have taken dominion here miracles are still possible I don't speak with dominion and power of my name, but I speak with the dominion and power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. Still possible. I am heavy burden tonight. Heavy burden tonight to encourage Everyone that's under the sound of my voice that God is still a miracle worker. 
I don't care how big or small your situation may be according to you. God is still a miracle worker. My wife was testifying this morning about our children going through what they're dealing with. I said, she just don't know what I'm preaching tonight. I knew what I was preaching tonight. But I want to encourage you, Sister Robinson, that God is still a miracle worker. If I can't speak it into my own family, I don't know how I can speak it into the church. But I've got to encourage my... I got to encourage my own house. God is still a miracle worker. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes, he is. And I'm going to believe it to the day God takes me out of here. He can do it. So Star City, it's time to resurrect the testimony. It's time for testimonies to be resurrected naturally and spiritually. Hallelujah. Our dear brother Hayden and sister Emily, I don't see them here tonight. Scan the crowd one more time. They came to this church being told by a doctor that they could not have a child. Can I get a witness, St. John family? They were told by a doctor they could not have a child. I was informed of this. And one service the spirit of God is so heavy, I feel it, and I feel miracles. And the husband took the wife by the hand, brought her up to the front, and began to pray over his wife. I walked down there to them. I said, what are you praying for? My wife and I want a child. Mm. And we're going to believe God for a child. I felt power flowing through me so strong. But the Holy Ghost said, don't put a hand on them. I felt it. I was ready. I believed it. But God said, no, you don't touch them. He said, I want you to go get Sister McGee. Woo. My God, my God. And I said, Sister McGee, can you come here, please? And out of her obedience, she just walked to the front. I said, Sister McGee, God said, I want you to put your hand on her belly. And Sister McGee, they cannot have children. Am I speaking truth so far, Sister McGee? I said they cannot have children. But I want you to pray for them that God will bring forth a child. See, you, Sister McGee laid hands upon them. We don't know anything that took place. 
because there was nothing visual there that we could see with our eyes to know that God was already doing the work. See, I, I want to come help some people here today because I've been challenged even in my own home. Can God still perform miracles? And see, when that question arises in my house, I've got to be able to look the devil in the eye and say, mm -mm, not happening. It's not happening in my home. I refuse to allow my kids to grow up believing that God cannot do it. Not going to happen. 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 And I said, all right, well, we need to resurrect testimonies then. And so Sister McGee came and prayed. And we know months later, here they have a brand new baby boy. Because why? The doctor said no. How is this possible? Because God is still a miracle worker. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's still a miracle worker. And it happened right here at Star City Church. It didn't happen in Ethiopia. Thank God for Ethiopia. It didn't happen in some foreign country. Thank God for them. But it happens right here in Lafayette, Indiana. Miracle worker. Miracle worker doctor said it couldn't happen it happened and the enemy will do everything he can to try to get rid of the testimony mm -hmm. yes he will yes he will there's a lady that came here and we must pray for this dear lady she's going through a tough time right now in her home and but she loves this church she loves this church family, hasn't been here in a while. But she was coming here, and for, I want to guess, roughly a month. I know it was more than a couple weeks, so I'm just going to say about a month. It could have been longer. I'm not sure. But she was suffering with blurriness in her left eye to the point to where she thought she was, being, she was going to be legally blind. She could not see anything peripheral left. This lady had just started coming here. She doesn't know much about the supernatural power of God. Not that I am aware of. She may have been growing up. I have no idea. Well, God's moving one service. Just moving just how we feel even right now. And our dear sister, Marcia Partridge. See, I like using the examples here in the church to show us that God can move through each and every last one of us. Our dear sister, Marcia Partridge, went and laid hands upon her. But here's the thing. Marcia had no idea what was going on in her life. I just said, go lay hands on someone. Just, just it. See, you just don't know that when I begin to say that, you got to operate in the spirit. You got to say, Lord, I don't know what my brother needs. I don't know what my sister needs, but I believe that you're able to do anything for my brother. And Sister Marcia, led by the Spirit, operating by faith, begin to pray over my sister, not over her eye, just begin to pray over her. I want you to know in that service, the lady came up to me and said, Pastor, I could not see out of my left eye, but now that lady right there, she prayed for me, and now I can see. Mm. 
Hallelujah. Because God's a miracle worker. I said he's a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. Hallelujah. He's a miracle worker. We've prayed for people like our dear sister Peggy. She came up here for prayer because she was concerned that she would have cancer. And we prayed and we prayed. We laid hands upon her. We anointed her with oil right back there in the Mitchell Center. What happened? She goes to the doctor. No cancer. Because God is a miracle worker. That's what he does. There are people here. I can continue to go and name people that have gone through certain things in their life to know that God is still able to perform miracles. I have heard them from you, but we need to resurrect the testimony and don't be afraid to share what God has done in your life. Because we need to hear it. Because the devil's trying to kill the testimony. Mm -hmm. They just didn't want Jesus. They wanted the testimony too. They had enough problems with Jesus. He, they was about to crucify him, but they came there not only because of Jesus, but because of Lazarus. He's the one that was dead for four days. He was dead longer than Jesus was. Mm-hmm. But they said, we need to kill both of them. We need to take both of them out. And I want to tell you that God is, is attacking you because he not just wants you. He wants your testimony. <laughs> That's why he's got you so hurt and bottled up and frustrated about things because he's trying to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> That's what he's wanting to do. <laughs> See, you come through one thing and now you go through another thing. You come through one thing, you go right back into another thing. So it, 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 it tempts you to keep your mouth shut about what God has already done. <laughs> I'm not talking about what you're in right now. I want you to keep rejoicing off what God has brought you out of. <laughs> See, you so frustrated and mad because you now you back in another test. you like, my Lord I just came out of a test why am I right back in another test it's because the Lord is trying to get you to discipline yourself to thank him for what he's already doing and oftentimes God will put you through your test because he know you're going to come out of your test but when you come out it's going to bring others out many people believed because of Lazarus many people believed because of Lazarus here's Jesus open up blind eyes here's Jesus doing all these great miracles but when he raised Lazarus from the dead people believed and we need folks to understand that when God is able to bring you out it is the same power that can keep you out now can I preach this for about five more minutes I need you to understand something here because the enemy will cause you to sit back sit down and say well I don't have as powerful as testimony because I didn't come out of drugs I don't have a powerful testimony because I didn't come out of alcohol I don't have your testimony because I didn't live in the world I didn't do all these things my testimony is not like other people so what do I have to say you need to understand something hear me and hear me very good right now the greatest and most powerful testimony that Jesus had was that he he overcame sin. Some of you need to get that. Some of you even need to write that down because that needs to be your testimony. If Jesus would not have overcome sin, he could not have been the perfect sacrifice. 
the greatest thing that Jesus did, he resisted the devil. It's the greatest thing that he did while he was walking here on earth. That's how he was able to go to the cross and die for you because he did not fall into sin. He did not fall into fornication. He did not do the things that he was tempted with that all of us were tempted with. He refused to lie. He refused to cuss. He refused to gamble. He refused to lie with that woman. He refused to do those things and therefore he became our perfect sacrifice. So some of us need to get it out of our head that our testimony is not as strong as somebody else's testimony just because you haven't been brought out of something. We need to rejoice with those that's been kept from those things. So young people, if you're still a virgin, I applaud you. Thank you for not opening up your legs, for keeping up your zipper, for allowing God to keep you from the world. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the next time somebody gets up and say, God brought me out of alcohol, we need to have another resurrected testimony that stands up and say, God kept me from alcohol. I never drunk a day in my life. Yeah, yeah. Huh? I knew I would get that reaction. I knew it. I knew I would get that reaction. See, we rejoice off the backslider coming back. What about those that stay? What about those that don't leave? What about those that stay in the kingdom of God? We need to learn how to rejoice with them also. The Bible says now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. He's not just able to bring you out. He's able to keep you out. We oftentimes say he will keep you if you want to be kept. And oftentimes we're talking to people that have come out of the world. I want to talk to some people that's still in a church and you're still living for God. You haven't taken one sip of alcohol. You haven't smoked one cigarette. You still got your legs shut, believing that your man is going to be the first person that you have sex with. Oh, I'm going to preach this thing. We ought to give God glory for those testimonies because they are still real in the world. They're still people that are not giving up their bodies to the world. There are still people. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, if you don't praise him, I'll praise him because I want my girls to grow up virgins. I want them to grow up loving their bodies. I want them to grow up loving themselves. They don't have to have a man to tell them that they love them, but they serve a God that loves them with all of their heart. Yes, Lord. So you don't have to date no man because he got his hand all up your back skirt. You don't have to date no man. He's got his hands all over your body. That's the wrong man to be dating anyway. But God's going to keep me. I said he's going to keep me. I don't have to go down that road. And boys, when somebody asks you and they laugh at you saying, oh, yeah, he's still a virgin. You say, yep, and I'm going to heaven. Amen. You got to learn how to come back. Oh, you still a virgin. Yep, and I'm going to heaven. Where are you going? That's why I'm a virgin, because I'm going to heaven. Oh, he don't smoke. Yep, I don't smoke because I'm going to heaven. Oh, he don't drink. He can't come out and club with us. Oh, no, I'm clubbing, but it's on Sunday. It's on Sunday. I don't club on Friday. I don't club on Saturday. I club on Sunday, and I'm going to heaven. 
you cannot be afraid, neither ashamed of who you are. And your purpose in life. Now unto him that is, we preached about he's able this morning. To keep you from falling. And to present you faultless. So if you're in sin, come out of sin, he'll keep you from falling. That means he will keep you from going back to where you came from. He'll keep you. But if you never did it before, you don't have to do it ever. The Bible talks about a man by the name of Philip. The Bible describes him as one of the seven. You have to go back to Acts chapter number six to understand who one of the seven is. But one of the seven that were chosen, one men of honest report, men that were full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Talks about a man by the name of Philip, one of the seven. The Bible says he had four daughters that were virgins that prophesy. So I began to pray that prayer over my life. I said, Lord, help me to be like Philip, one of the seven, because I got four girls and I want them to be holy and acceptable unto you. I want them to prophesy. I want them to speak. Church, I'm telling you, you better hear me right now. You better speak that over your kids. You hear me, kings? Speak it over your kids. They don't have to fall into the trap of the world. They don't have to go down the road of the world. They don't have to fall into drugs, alcohol, and sex. They don't have to do that. But you can speak over them and say, God, keep them. Lord, keep them. Lord, keep them. Lord, keep them. Because he will keep you from falling. And we must be a church that resurrects that testimony. We need to acknowledge people that are staying out of sin. That are staying away from sexuality desires. That are staying away from drugs and alcohol. That it hasn't even touched their lips. I'm not saying you're not tempted. We live in a world full of temptation. Temptation is all around you. Let me tell you something. It is easier to say yes than it is no. Because everybody's doing it. It's easy to jump into the crowd. It's easy to get into that boat but I'm staying in the army of the Lord I refuse to give in or throw in a towel but I'm going to stay strong on the solid rock of Jesus Christ am I still preaching good yeah so every virgin in here you got a testimony And your testimony is just as powerful as the one uh, where God brought them out of sexual sin. Because there are people in here that's having sex with multiple people and they're asking God to bring them out and God can bring them out and we will celebrate that person because God has brought them out. But I want to celebrate the person that God has kept out and they didn't have to find out about all those sexual sins and we're about HIV and we're about herpes and we're about all the sexual diseases, but God has kept them from sin. Hallelujah. And it would be the greatest 
testimony that you can give. Be the greatest testimony that you can do. There's so many things on my mind right now, but I'm telling you, because God wants to kill that testimony. He wants you to have sex with other people. He wants you to drink alcohol. He wants you to smoke marijuana. He wants you to do those things. Why? So he can kill your testimony. Because people are watching you, knowing that you are a child of God. Knowing that you are an apostolic man and woman of God. Knowing that you believe in one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And if God can get you to, if the devil can get you to slip up and just smoke a little bit, drink a little bit, have sex a little bit, he says, uh huh, I've got your testimony. Uh-huh. Now your testimony isn't as strong, but I wonder if I can get about a hundred people in here to leap to your feet and say the testimony is going to be resurrected. The testimony is going to be resurrected that my sons and daughters should prophesy. The resurrected testimony is alive. Come on, somebody. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Because God is still a miracle worker. Uh, God, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting y'all nervous. Let me stay up here. Listen to me, Brother Ben. I don't know your history. I don't know your background. I don't know your past. I don't know those things. Don't want to know about it. All I know is you right now. Where are you going for? Don't let the devil steal your testimony. Hear me, young man? The world can call you an outcast. The world will label us as weird. The Lord will label you as uh, that dorky guy, that weirdo, this, that. They'll label you all these things that the world will say. That's what the world labels many of us in here. Because of the choices that we make. That, that, that's what they do. But don't be scared or swayed by the world and their accusations. You have a testimony that must be resurrected. That means don't be afraid to share what God is doing for you. And what he's doing for you is keeping you away from the ways of the world. Do not be afraid to share what God is keeping you from. Stop comparing your testimony to other people's testimony about how God has brought them out. I want to tell you, everybody God has brought out, they will look at the person that has never went in and say, don't do it don't go there don't fall into that mess I wish I never would have did it now I'm struggling harder to try to get back I'm struggling harder to try to get my mind back I'm struggling harder just to have peace you just don't know young people how good you got it stay out of sin stay out of sin stay out of sin Because the devil is trying to kill our testimony. We're not going to have praise uh, singers come out. We just go worship tonight. We're going to worship right out of here. 
I'm telling you, are you with me, Brother Stevenson? Are you with me, Brother Carter? Are you with me, Brother E? We're just going to worship right out of here. We got to resurrect the testimony. I'm telling you, God is a keeper. He is a keeper. He will keep you from falling. And that in itself, you hear me, Sister Thompson? That's a miracle. You're looking around for miracles. You need to wake up every day and look in a mirror at your miracle. You waiting on somebody to get out the wheelchair and God said, won't you thank me because I kept you another day. Thank God that you didn't fall into the mess when everybody else is on their phones and looking at pornography and you didn't, you allowed yourself to look at it just for a glimpse. You better thank God you didn't wake up thinking about pornography because that's how easy it is to get caught up in it. You ought to look in the mirror and say, thank you, Lord, for the miracle that I'm not trying to look up pornography sites, but you have kept my mind. That's a miracle. And God's a miracle worker. I said God's a miracle worker. I said God's a miracle worker. I'm telling you right now, if you need a physical miracle in your body, I feel it right now. I feel it. I feel it. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm telling you right now that God's getting ready to perform a miracle in your life. He's getting ready to do it right now. He's getting ready to perform a physical miracle in somebody's heart, in somebody's life, in somebody's physical body. He's getting ready to do it. But he's also going to perform a miracle to the one that has withstained themselves from the world. The person that has not been caught up in sexual activity. The person that's staying out of drugs and alcohol. The person that is not allowing things to touch their lips that should not be touching their lips. God's getting ready to perform a miracle. He's going to renew your strength. I feel the Holy Ghost. He's getting ready to renew your strength. He's going to remind you it's a miracle that you haven't fallen into that mess. It's a miracle that you haven't done that. It's a miracle that you haven't became pregnant yet. It's a miracle what the Lord is doing in your life. I'm telling you right now, we need to resurrect the testimony. And the resurrected testimony is in this house. Can we take 30 seconds, lift our hands, and lift our voice? Begin to magnify the Lord for what he's getting ready to do.